0: Father, thank you for Mike and for who he is um, and for how you've wired him. And I pray that tonight as he brings your word across, Lord, that we would not miss a thing that you are wanting to say through him. Father, we bless him and we pray that he would enjoy delivering the word to us this evening. I pray that our hearts would be open and that the seeds of your word would um, fall on fertile ground to grow in the name of Jesus. And bless him for the preparation and for everything he put into um, the word that will be delivered this evening. But we pray that your spirit would go before him in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Good evening. Uh, So tonight, as I bring the word, I'm going to try to mix in a few stories from my own journey. And the reason I'm mixing them in is I want to ask you to think back to stories from your journey while I share with you mine. Because um, I want to... Preach tonight um, a message called Never Lose the Wonder. So um, begin to think back, when did God just blow you away? And um, yeah, because if you've ever seen him, you know, then you've been blown away, right? Who's ever been blown away by God? You're just like, oh, yes. So, um, so we must never lose the wonder. I want to start, um, if you don't mind, to read a poem called The Old Shepherd, Right? The Old Shepherd. So this is an old one, not a young one. So, you know, when y'all come to the Christmas plays and there's little kids in bathrobes, and they're, no, this is an old shepherd. Right, so here we go. When he talks about it, he still goes white. Vivid, fantastical flashbacks of a long past night whose tales keep skeptical hearers mystified. Yet, looking in his eyes, the man is terrified. Then wonder comes with color to his face. The herald sent him to a lowly place where something struck him deeper than those giants in the skies. He saw the face of God when he knelt before a child. Never lose the wonder. Did y'all figure out what shepherd I was talking about? Does anyone need some help? The, you know, the ones in Bethlehem, right? It meant a Christian church, right? Y'all know the Bethlehem? Yeah, those guys. Did you ever think about how scared they were? Like I have a friend who who I, I won't I won't I won't say Herman's name, but I have a friend who's whoops. I have a friend who was describing the shepherds and he said, quote, they must have been crapping their pants, right? So because think about what happened. The power and the awe and the stunning. And um, it filled them with wonder. And we just want to tonight just spend a few minutes just hanging out with these shepherds. And seeing what they went through. So maybe we can discover things about recapturing the wonder. Because you know, um, we don't have an empty, faceless, pointless, powerless religion. We have a relationship with the living king of glory. The creator of the universe who is your father right and it's yes the wonder of who he is so 2018 in this church you know it's been the a year where we where we looked at the quest of the disciple the disciples quest we spent all year man we dug into up in and out right I almost put that triangle up there but I thought again y'all know it by now ain't it y'all know that triangle up in and out up where we we really cultivate our relationship with our father and in where we cultivate and we intentional about relating with one another and building a community and out where we're intentional about man if God changed my life then he can change the lives of those around me and if he changed my life surely it wasn't just so I can be comfortable and be happy and, and get a Lexus or something maybe it was so his glory can shine out into the community and to the world around me. So, um, and next year is going to be an out year. We're going to get out there with the glory of God. But this is a never-ending journey, and I want to ask the question: What keeps us refreshed and inspired? You know, I got born again in 1987, and I don't want to see the hands of who wasn't born yet then. But I'll just—it was—it was 1987. It was a few minutes ago. And when you have this long journey, and Jesus, man, you know, in the 80s, you know, we thought Jesus was going to come before 1990, you know what I'm saying? And he still hasn't come, right? So when the decades begin to pile up, you're like, what's going to keep you inspired? You know, what's going to keep me refreshed? What's going to, what's going to keep me, and, I, and as much as I love, look, we have amazing pastors at Hatfield Christian Church. And we have amazing lead worshipers, and I can brag on them because I aren't one. I just get to play the keys, so I can brag on these uh, guys and ladies all the time. They're so incredible. But if you lean on them for inspiration, you're going to be so bored. You're going to be so bored. What keeps us refreshed and inspired, and it is Him. And if you're bored, you haven't seen Him in a long time. Let's have a look at Jesus Tonight, I want to suggest that the wonder of who He is will keep us refreshed and inspired. My friend Chris Bowater is an amazing worship leader. He's mentored some people whose CDs you bought, you know. And um, he says, "Never lose the wonder." So that's where the where the inspiration tonight. So, um, can you swipe with me on your phones? Anyone bring a real Bible, like old school? I have old school Christians with that? <laughs> Look at that. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, so you guys open your real Bible. The rest of us will um, go electronic. Um, My Bible's in the cloud, you know what I'm saying? Doesn't that sound spiritual? It's in the cloud, right? Luke chapter 2, verse 8. I'm not going to wait for you because I want to carry on. (laughs) But come with me to Luke chapter 2, verse 8. It says this, And there were shepherds, y'all this is a Christmas story because it's December, right? It's okay. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord. Does anyone hear Linus's voice when you read this story, or is it just me? From the Charlie Brown Christmas thing? Right, I'm just saying. (laughs) You know, every time I read this story, I can see Linus standing on that stage. Are there no cartoon fans here tonight? Okay, let's just get back to the point. It's a great cartoon. Look it up. Google it. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Y'all, they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior is born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, "Let's go see this. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has told us about." Tell I me, mean, oh, that was a good decision, right? So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning. Look, they couldn't be quiet about it. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed. See, wonder is infectious. Wonder spreads, right? All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And see, when I, ever since I was a little bitty kid, Christmas was my favorite time of year. And y'all, it wasn't just about the presents, but, you know, that was cool, right? presents were cool but ever since a kid um, I really am so amazed by this historical fact you know it's not a fairy tale the historical fact that the living God who, who can just speak in the entire universe or however many of them there actually are all of them came because he spoke and he can hold all of them in his hand right and not get tired he's so big That God put all of himself into the body of a little baby, and that baby survived. And for me, that's beyond magic. Man, Santa ain't got nothing on that. Man, wow, the glory of Jesus, fully God and fully man at the same time. And then God would come into nasty old earth compared to heaven and wear nappies for me. Right? Come on. That's amazing. Don't lose the wonder of that. Don't let the world suck you into whatever, arguing about keep Christ in Christmas, or don't get lost in any of that nonsense. Just be childlike and look at, whoa, God came. He came for me. And that's enough. Right? Don't let the world see you arguing. Let the world see you amazed at who he is. Your argument does nothing, but your awe is infectious. And your wonder is captivating. So, never lose the wonder. Wonder is admiration. It's, wonder is amazement. Wonder is awe. Wonder is marvel. Like, as in the state of being inspired, not the comic books or the cinematic universe. Is anyone marveling at who Jesus is? So these shepherds, they left that evening with a sense of wonder that stayed with them the rest of their lives, as that silly poem about the old shepherd said. It drove them into the city to tell the story. It filled them with praise. And... And um, in those first few verses I read in Luke chapter 2, there were three pieces of their experience of wonder at who God is. And um, we're just going to kind of have a look at them. In those three pieces, the first one is glory. Remember, the angel appeared and the glory of the Lord showed round about them, right? So the first one is glory. The second one is terror because the glory of the living God shone round about them. What would you do if Jesus walked into the room, right? He just, just strolled in. You know, kind of just walk through the door. You know, when you and I go to that door, we have to knock. But Jesus, He just walked through it, right? And He's walking down the steps. Come on, what would you do? Would anyone just be like, "Yo, check it out, it's Jesus." Hey, what's up, selfie. You know, or would you, I mean, I would. I would. I would fall so hard and so fast. You know, because because he's he's amazing, right? Um, that that would be stunning. If, just think about. Um, all the time, just think for a minute, wherever you are, if Jesus walked in right now, what would I do? You know, we don't have to wait for God to do something incredible, like fill the sky with angels to be gripped with the fear of the Lord. We can grip ourselves and say, God, whoa, you're so amazing, right? The last thing that happened that I want to look at is joy. So let's have a look at glory. Um, the glory of the Lord shone round about that this was the Shekinah glory of God. Um, it's all through the Old and New Testaments. It's this brightness that you can hardly stand, you can hardly take in. None of us has probably ever experienced something this bright. Um, it happened in Matthew chapter 17 on the Mount of Transfiguration. Those three oaks that were there with Jesus, they were never the same, right? They didn't. They didn't get it yet. You know, one of them was like, "Hey, Jesus, let's make some huts and we can just stay here." And Jesus was like. Mmm you know, so, um, but later on they got it, but it marked them, was the point, it marked them, Moses was radiating the glory of God when he came down the mountain, and the people couldn't handle it, so they said, you're going to have to put a veil over that, because you're making us scared, brother right it was the glory of god um second Chronicles 7 when the dedication of the temple happened they had these musicians and priests and they had all their things rehearsed and they were ready and the glory of god came and then none of them could do their job they just laying on the ground drooling and god you're so awesome oh my gosh you know it was it, it it leaves us undone it's it's beyond anything we can imagine it's the glory of god Saul had it on the road to Damascus, knocked him off his horse, knocked him, changed his life forever. When you see the glory of God, you never forget it. John wrote about it twice. In John 1, 14, he said, We've seen his glory, the glory of the only begotten Son of God who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And in 1 John 1, chapter 1, he said it again, That which was from the beginning, which we've heard, we've seen with our eyes, and we've looked at, and our hands have touched this we proclaim concerning the word of life i want to ask you have you seen the glory of god maybe not like saul did you know i mean i'm so jealous of john man john got to john got to chill next to jesus and put his head on jesus's shoulder and all that man wow you know so i didn't get to have that experience and i assume none of was any of y'all around in palestine too? okay so you didn't either right but have you seen the glory of god Have you seen God actively changing things around you? Have you seen God changing your own life? Right? I'm not the man I was before I met Jesus in 1987. So I can get up in the morning and I can look in the mirror and I can see the glory of God. He says, Jesus, I'm still changed from that day. And I'm growing and I'm changing and I'm becoming more and more like you. And that's, that's stunning. I can't believe it. Because I'm going to tell you, before before 1987, I did not have any hope. And I've seen the glory of God. Have you seen his faithfulness, his goodness, his mercy, his justice? Think about the day you met him. Think about other encounters that you've had with Jesus. Um, Once I was at a leadership um, retreat in Bible college. And we were out somewhere and we were praying. And I don't remember what they said to pray about. But I asked Jesus, Lord, can you just... Let me feel even a sliver of what you feel for the people, for the lost, or for the for your children on this earth. God, I just want to feel a sliver, and then like my guts exploded inside. The weight of of compassion and love it just it just overwhelmed. And y'all know what an ugly cry is. This was. This was an ugly cry. <laughs> I was a mess. You know, the, the president the, the president of the college, his wife, walked past and said, oh, dear. <laughs> she brought some Kleenexes. It was a mess. But I, I cannot find the words to describe what happened when the Lord answered my prayer. And it was 15 minutes of just un unworldly, overwhelming compassion, or I don't know what it was. It was the glory of God. Can you think of encounters? Where you've encountered Jesus like that? There's a worship leader from Arkansas. I won't just tell my story. They'll tell some other people's. This lady inspires me, although I forget her name. Um, she was um, already kind of Otani um, in the 80s. And is it okay? Can I use that word? Is that all right? Otani. Um, so in the 80s, and she was a piano teacher. And there was this kid. Um, looking at I don't want to get political, I don't, y'all don't need my opinions and, you know, whatever, so I'm not going to give them, but just think about the story, okay? So there's this kid who took piano lessons from her, and he went to the Baptist church, and she was the worship leader at the Pentecostal church, you know, but this kid, and it was a little old town that no one knows where it is, you know, Um, still to this day, no one knows where this town is, you know, Um, but this kid became the governor of the province, or we call them states, um, of the state where where this Otani lived, and he began to call his old piano teacher to play piano at state things, you know, state um, little events and whatever. So she started playing piano a couple of times, and like President Reagan was there, and here's this Otani that comes from little old town, little town. Y'all don't have towns like I'm going talk like two hundred people you know and she's playing in front of the president of the United States you know but then in 1992 this dude became the president of the United States right so every now and then president clinton would call the otani from hope arkansas and say hey won't you come and play. Um, just we're going to have the state dinner, and we're just going to put a, a grand piano on the side. You know, no big deal—a thirty-five thousand dollars Steinway over here on the side, right? Just you know, I got well, I got a couple of those in my garage. I wish. Um, so she would come and she would play. So here's a little old lady from a town of two hundred, and she's playing in front of the president of France. And the President of the United States and sheiks, and Amirs and however I'm pronouncing those words wrong, but you know what I mean. And um, You know, Phil Collins was in the front row one time, you know. And someone came up to her. This is the point now. Someone came up to her one time and said, don't you get nervous? Don't you get nervous? That's like Phil Collins right there and you're playing in front of Phil Collins. And, and that's like, that's the Queen of England and you're playing. Aren't you nervous? She said, no, I'm not nervous. <laughs> and they said, How? How can you not be nervous? And she said, "When Jesus walks into my prayer closet in the morning, none of them impress me the way He does." Amen. That woman was like ninety something or hundred. I'm telling you, man, she was in the ark. You know what I mean? She was old, <laughs> and all these decades later, from when she met Jesus, she was still amazed, still full of wonder. At who he is. Are you amazed at who he is? Could you run into any incredible, there's amazing people in this country. Could you run into any of them and be more impressed with Jesus than with them? Because he's that impressive and more so, isn't he? Yes, that lady's amazing. These shepherds never forgot. And I want to, and I want to, I hope that you'll cry with me tonight. God, if I've forgotten, show yourself to me again right now. There's no one like you, Jesus. There's no one like you. There's no one like you. And let's say with Moses, show me your glory. Do you remember Moses on the mountain? He said, God, I'm not going anywhere without your glory. And you know what? Um, Maybe, you know, my job, I program software for um, OVC Ministries. If you know what that is, ask me afterwards, because I'll probably get you involved in volunteering, because it's awesome, you know? But I don't even want to, and I can do it, man. I can do this stuff, you know what I'm saying? But I don't want to without the glory of God. I don't want to. I don't want to do anything without his glory. So there's another example. Um, I think I want to play this clip. And here it is. You've probably seen it, okay? You've probably heard it because it's like mega famous. But the dude preaches in three minutes and 20 seconds, like better than I can in an hour because it's amazing. It's amazing. But the reason I chose this, even if you may have heard it, because it's such an amazing reminder of the wonder of who he is. So can you share that with us, please? Thank you
2: He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? And he guides, he heals the sick, he cleans the lepers, he forgives sinners, he discharges debtors, he delivers the captive, he defends the feeble, he blesses the young, he serves the unfortunate, he regards the age, he rewards the diligent, and he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge, he's a wellspring trained of wisdom. He's the way of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love is I could describe him, but yet he's indescribable, he's incomprehensible, he's invincible, he's irresistible, well, you can't get him out of your mind, you see, you can't get him off of your head, you can't outlive him, and you can't live without him, well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him, Silas couldn't find any fault in him, terrorists.
1: nobody like Jesus nobody yes if you haven't seen him lately I wonder if you can have a look right how many got in awe of him all over again just listen to that dude preach just now (laughs) I've seen that so many times I still can't handle it sure so let's just move on (laughs) before I ugly cry right the next thing the the story mentions in Luke 2 is that they were filled with terror now that's, isn't that a weird thing? We talk about God's a father. He's a loving father. He wants what's best for us. And then when he sh- shows up, man, people are afraid. What's that about, right? Um, I love C.S. Lewis, although I have to admit I'm guilty of watching the movies more than reading the books. But, <laughs> but um, I did, like, open a book and find this quote to make sure it was true. <laughs> it's a stunning quote, right? Someone asked the beaver. If the lion is safe, and Yana the lion Aslan, is a representative of Father God, and the beaver says safe, and the look on his face was great in the movie. It was like, "Are you daft? <laughs> safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you, right? God, he's not safe. No, oh, God's not safe, but he's good. He's good, right? If you there." When you, if, you, if you haven't done LTS, it starts in February, man. You must go to LTS. Day two of LTS, we, um, we, do, a, we do a study. We dive deep, and we learn we, everyone is always wearing glasses. There's always lenses in front of you, and the appropriate lenses to look at God. The most faithful to his character are the two lenses. God is good, and God is love, right? If you, if you don't remember anything else from tonight, he's good and he's love he's not safe but he's good and he loves you and he wants what's best for you for you in exodus chapter 20 verse 18 um there's a stunning story man moses keeps going up and down the mountain and hearing from god and exodus 20 is describing how the mountain there's a dark cloud right where it's god he's good right he's holy right but earth man earth cannot handle the hills they melt like wax you know what i'm saying when I stand on hills, they don't even notice. But when God's around, they just melt. <laughs> they cannot handle, right? So God's, God is meeting with Moses on Mount Sinai, and the earth is struggling to cope with the presence of God, right? So there's dark clouds, and there's smoke, and there's lightning, and there's thunder. And when God speaks to Moses, Moses just hears him talk. But out in the camp, they hear his voice like a thunder. <laughs> you know and their first thought is whoa our god look at wow yes you know but as you read on through exodus 20 they start to get afraid of this dark cloud and this thunderous voice and it, it's really sad later in the chapter it changes from the sound of his voice to the sound of the noise from their perspective it becomes a noise and when moses comes down they're trembling in fear, and they're saying, Moses, instead of coming up to the foot of the mountain like we've been doing, you just go on up there with, with the scary, you know, thunder God thing, and we're gonna stay in our tents. Cause cause that's that's just scary. And you're all coming down here all glowing and stuff, and yeah, you just you just do the thing and come down here and tell us what he said, because that's scary, right? And you know what? Um, God is God is massive and he, he loves us and he wants what's best for us but he's also huge he's the God who presided over the flood hey there's not we, we are not going to ever understand everything about him you can't just explain away everything in the old and new testaments with a little new testament answer excuse me a little Sunday school answer a little pet answer you can't do that he's he's, he's indescribable right He's inexplainable, but he's God. and when there, and when there are times when, um, when you gripped with the fear of the Lord, don't back away from the foot of the mountain. Don't run away. don't run away because you know what happened in the next chapter they were dancing naked around a golden calf. You know, man, give me give me the terrifying, amazing, powerful, scary, loving unsafe good presence of god over the nonsense i come up with when i'm not near him right so i want to ask you a question would you come close enough to god to fear right cuz we're talking we're talking we want to do this journey right when jesus comes back if it's if it's this day cade or if it's you know when my grandbabies have kids, <laughs> right? However long it is, when Jesus comes back, I want to be more passionate then than I am now. Right? And 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 what is the secret to staying refreshed, to staying motivated, and it's never lose the wonder. And one thing is, if if I don't understand something about God, I'm not gonna go run and ask Google. I'm not gonna go run and hide in my tent. I'm gonna keep pushing in right? Um, there's a song that I'm not going to take time to share with you. And it comes out of Exodus 20. And it says, I want to come closer still, close enough to fear. I want to draw nearer God, near enough to tremble, because you're mighty, and you're holy, and you're wonderful. And I want to shake in the thunder of your voice. I want to fall on my face in the light of your holiness. God, let me be changed by your fire and humbled by your mercy. Holy God, I come closer, close enough to fear. Amen? Would you make that your cry tonight? I want to press deeper still, God, where no unholy thing can go. I want to climb higher, God, till your strength is my only hope you're mighty and you're holy and you're wonderful i don't know about you but i want to shake in the thunder of his voice i don't want to just hear about it from the preacher i want to fall on my face because i dared to go with my messed up sinful self and draw close to god and cry out for his mercy does anyone want to join me He's not safe, but he's good. He's good. Amen? Hallelujah. There's a couple stories I do want to share with you from this, just about the fear of the Lord. Um, they're kind of funny, but just get the fear of the Lord. One time I, I, went, I was in a mall, and I was engaged to an amazing woman who's now my wife, and, um, and I ran into a guy I'd gone to college with and i did not know he was busy backsliding cuz he had been really burned and hurt and i didn't know that but i said hey man how you doing and he had a friend with him and um and he just he barely did any small talk with me and then he went into this um in in his estimation this horrible idiotic church that he had, that had fired him <laughs> you know and um how stupid they were and and traditional nonsense that and stupid this and stupid that and that pastor's an idiot and blah 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 you know and and the guy was legit hurting um, but I felt the weirdest thing, the hair on the back of my neck standing up and I had butterflies in my stomach. And he was just on. Um, and the stuff he was saying was very disrespectful and ugly, and he was saying it loud. And I'm like, I was like, dude, it's not helping us lead people to Jesus. For You know, tone it down. I mean, let's, I mean, vent, but hey, you know. Right, we're in public, and you're talking trash about. And but this butterflies kept coming, and 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 I, I it got like a little unreasonable, and I stood up, and and I realized I was about to make a scene. But I was like, I can't. I stood up, and and I just put my hand on the table. I said, I'm so sorry. I gotta go. And I turned. I turned to leave, and I bolted. <laughs> you like <laughs> running? So it look, it, I'm sure it looked really stupid. All of a sudden, here's this guy running out of the McDonald's. You know, in, in the mall, and I got around the corner, and I started to slow down. And my, you know, my, the butterflies in my stomach were still going, but not as bad. And, and when I got to the corner, I stopped and I said, "God, what was that, man? What was that? Golly, you know." And and he said, and he named he named my fiance by name. He said, "Do you know Chandra's faults?" And I said. Well, you know, since we had a fight an hour before we came to the mall, I could list him right now, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, and he said, so you could list him." And I said, yes, sir. And he said, um, what, if, what if a former lover of hers was listing them loudly in public for everyone to hear? What would you do? I said, I'd drop him." <laughs> you know. And he said, the church is my bride, you know. <laughs> I figured out what was going on. It was the fear of the Lord. Because he's not safe, y'all, but he's good, right? Here's another one. Was that heavy for y'all? I'm sorry. But just think back of have you ever encountered the fear of the Lord? And it's actually not a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's the beginning of wisdom, right? And, I, and man, the God um, loves us, that he allows us to be close enough to feel the, the immenseness, the, the massiveness of how, who he is and how big he is. So, um so, one time, I was delivering pizza in college, and I had just started dating this, this beautiful girl who is now my wife. And, um, and y'all, I had, I mean, I'm in Bible college, you know what I'm saying? I have no ulterior motives, because, you know, that's back in the Joss McDowell days, and you had to sign the pledge, and, you know, why wait? Remember the why wait thing? Anybody from my generation, right? Did you sign it, too? Yeah. And yeah. Why, why? You know, no, I signed it, but I'm going to wait. I've got no dodgy plans, right? But... um. You know, in my culture in Texas, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's overexposed and, and a little blown out of proportion, but the thing about daddies with shotguns, yo, that's real. <laughs> I have my granddaddy shot at a caller, gentleman caller for my auntie, you know, and he did everything except dance boy. He didn't do that, but he shot he shot the ground in front of the boy's feet and kept shooting, kept chasing him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, no, y'all are scared. I? I'm never going to Texas. <laughs> Just don't mess with our daughters, and you're gonna be okay. <laughs> so, but I grew up in this culture, and I'm petrified of dads. And um, and, and I began dating this girl, and she was sharing with me. Her story, and her dad had left. There was a painful divorce, and he had abandoned the family when she was five years old, and she hadn't hardly seen him in the last three or four years, and there was no relationship, whatever. And for some reason, I'm driving my car delivering pizza, and I think, and I think to myself, dude, whenever I take Shandra to, to, her, to her flat, I'm not scared of dad, you know? And I'm thinking, this is kind of cool. I'm not scared of dad. And if, I'm serious, y'all. No motives. It was just a passing thought. But um, it's November in Texas, so it's cold, but not too cold. So I don't have the heat on, but I have the windows up in the car. And I feel a wind blow over my face. And it wasn't audible, but I'm telling you, it was loud in my spirit. It was this, I'm her dad. (laughs) Y'all, I had to pull the car over. You know, the hair stood about the back of it. The the, the, what do y'all call goose pimples in, in South Africa? Goose gumps, goose flesh. And it was called... <laughs> I, I like no composure. And then he left. You know, just scared me, spitless, and left. You know, and I mean, it, it took me 10 minutes where I could drive the car again. What is that? That's the fear of the Lord, right? Why? Because he loves his babies, And he's going to remind you, don't you mess with my baby, right? And I didn't realize when I told her that actually God was being naughty with me and he was doing something to me to prove to her that her real father did not abandon her, right? So it's the fear of the Lord, but a good father. Isn't that amazing? Do you have any experiences with the fear of the Lord that you can remember, right? Would you want to come close enough to fear Um, Have you and I become casual about the Lord? Have we lulled ourselves to sleep with little church songs that dote on Jesus like he was a boyfriend instead of forgetting that he's the smoke and the lightning and he's the king of glory? You know, let's not dote on Jesus. Let's worship the king, right? He's a good father. So, um, yeah, close enough to fear. The last thing... Um, that the Bible mentions from their story of wonder is joy. Thank you, Jesus. How many of y'all like joy? <laughs> they came back glorifying and praising God. I just want to, I just want to declare that our households will be places of joy in the name of Jesus. Right? Where is joy in this world these days? Then it's this absent thing—joy and peace. These are fruit of the spirit, man. These are the fruit of the spirit. You know. And don't be sucked into this nonsense of arguing this and that on social media and and arguing all these other things and defending for this and fighting for that. Don't get sucked into that nonsense. It's really simple. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. Right? And against these things, there is no law. And I, look, I want to prophesy, in Jesus' name, our homes will be marked with the joy of the Lord and the peace of God. And everywhere else, people will find, all, people will find argumentation and, and argument and, and, and tension and all this strife and angst. But in our homes, there will be the peace of God and the joy of the Lord. We enjoy one another, and we enjoy the Father. Amen? It's the joy of the Lord. Psalm 126, when the Lord brought us back from to Zion, we were like those who dreamed. We were filled with joy. And the nation said, God has done great things for them. And when and when 20 sees the joy in our homes, may they say, the Lord is doing great things. Amen. The Lord is doing great things. Um, John chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, we proclaim to you what we've seen and heard, and we write this to make our joy complete. So throughout the New Testament, we see joy coming from all kinds of things, like loving one another, seeing people come into maturity. We see the fruit of the Spirit. But there's also this joy in remembering what God has done, like what the shepherds did um, that day. So I want to ask, what has God done that you and I can celebrate right now? You know, may, if you have to go all the way back to the day you were born again, then do it. Because I still tell people the story of when I was born again. You know, I still tell people, and I still celebrate it. But maybe even, maybe even last year he did something. Maybe even last week he did something. Maybe even this morning he did something. Because he's always, and if you're thinking, God, what have you been doing? God, Well, I'm trying to think so hard, and I can't remember. God, what, then just... Lord, would you awaken me because you're busy and help me to see what you've been doing? I'm going to tell you, I've had experiences where I went through crazy, unimaginably, unimaginably, I can't speak tonight, unimaginably difficult things. And right at the end of that thing, I looked back and I couldn't see it in the middle of my storm. When I looked back at pieces throughout the way, I could look back and see God was there. And he did this, and he did this, and he was here doing this, and he never left me alone. He's faithful, and I can celebrate his goodness and his faithfulness through difficult things, but I can also rejoice over amazing things. So what can you think of? And, and here's some basic ones. Has anyone been set free from sin? Yeah, because if you've given your heart to Jesus, that's worth celebrating. That's worth celebrating Um, all those things. The shepherds heard the word of the Lord and went looking. And you know what? So did I. I heard the word of the Lord. I went looking. And when I looked, I found exactly what he said, the way he said it would be. And have not been able to shut up praising him ever since. Because he's good. Amen? Wonder. When those shepherds' lives were changed that night, they saw the glory of the Lord. They were filled with terror. And they saw the face of Jesus, and they were filled with joy. And that wonder stayed with them the rest of their lives. Now listen, I want to tell you, though, the next morning after that night, right, Then they woke up, and it, you know, it wasn't Boba but there was some kind of remainder of what happened the night before. You know what I'm saying? You know. I hope I can say that word, too. I don't know. But here they were on the hillside, and the bleeding of the sheep was the same as it had been before. And the sheep were, y'all know sheep, man, they stupid. You know what I'm saying? The sheep were just as stupid and making just as work as they ever had. Hot days and cold nights, the same. Everything's the same and everything's different all at the same time. Because what changed? Did the outside change or did this change? Right? Because now they're in that same old thing. But right there is where that angel stood, bigger than a city. And here's the trail we took into town, and we saw him. We saw God inside a baby. We saw his face. So how about you and I? Same house, same old bed, same kids, same old job. But everything is different. Here's where I bowed my knee. I tell you, I could take you to the place where Jesus changed my life. I can take you to the place where he filled me with his Holy Spirit. He said, here's where, here's where he filled me with the Spirit. Here's where I was reading Luke 15 and I discovered that he's a father. Um, here's where I encouraged my colleague at work and I got to pray with him. Here's where I got to whatever. You, you can mark these places and they were just mundane things, but then Jesus came. And now his glory is, is sprinkled all over every part of our mundane existence. And there's something amazing in our mundane and it's Jesus. Here's where I sat with a guy on the corner and shared with him some KFC, and I just listened, and I, and I let the smile of Jesus come to him through my face. I've seen him, God himself in me, God himself in the streets of my city, God's beauty etched in the jacaranda blooms of spring. God's power shouted from the thunder and lightning of the skies. God's voice, I've felt his presence. Have you seen God? Have you seen God lately? Um, there's a discipline called God Sightings, and it comes actually from a children's holiday clubs in the States. Um, and as a close, I want to issue a challenge. I want to challenge myself and all of us that we practice God Sightings. And what it is, and this is a holiday club. We're talking, these are little kids. And that, you know, that thing about out of the mouth of babes comes wisdom. It is stunning, right? You tell these little kids, hey, just look. For God, um, you know, just in your everyday, it's its an everyday clue that God's present, and he's passionate, and he's powerful. So look for God like in nature, or in your friends, or in scripture, or just in moments. And then um, when you come to Holiday Club tomorrow, tell the group about your God sighting, you know? And you think they'll, you know, and some of the stuff is quite silly, but then there's things like, um, like, Um, My daughter, when she had just given her heart to Jesus, and she was six, and she's riding in the car with school, uh, to school, not with school, that would be awkward. She's riding to school with her mom in the car. And, um, you know, we lived way out in the bush in Texas. So there's grassland everywhere, and where we live, there's more cattle than people, seriously. Um, And it's early morning, and the sun was rising, and the dew was still all over the grasslands, and, um, and, man, we must have billions of spiders because those spider webs were everywhere between the grasses. And what happens in Texas, maybe it happens here, I, you know, I don't live in the bush, you know, Midland, Maine, there, there's no bush, <laughs> you know. So um, the dew collects on these spider webs. And, and normally you don't even see the little, we're talking about the little things when the grass is, is not even knee high. But the dew collects on them in the cool morning and when you drive by there's like there's like thousands of little pieces of art um just on the side of the road as you drive past and you know what um um, you know 20 and 30 and 40 year old texans do they drive right on by but my six-year-old daughter was like mom look at god's art all over the side of the road just no 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 stop look at this look at all of them Right? And when you look at the intri- intricate weaving that these spiders do, hey, wow, and you know what that was? It was a God sighting. Take a second and get in awe of the Creator, who is your Father. There's so many examples we could do, but I want to challenge you. Um, let's make it a discipline to just check out God sightings. Because the, de- the quest of the disciple is never going to end. And I want to live my life in this posture where my jaw is dropped because I just saw him, and I can't even, I can't take it. He's too amazing. Never lose the wonder.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. Such an amazing thing. Never lose the wonder. And so as we go into this time of December to remember that the God sightings, Just a reminder that you are welcome to attend the morning services as this is the last evening service for the year. But I'd like to invite you that if you feel that you've lost the wonder or you just feel so tired at the end of the year, I'm going to ask Mike and Khidin and myself to join up front here and skulk. And if you even don't know what the wonder of God is because you've never given your heart to the Lord, please, you're welcome to come up front as we end the service now and we'd like to pray for you. And so, Father, we thank you for the wonder of who you are. And I pray that as we go into this time of December festive season, Father, that we would have God's sightings and be thankful for that which you show us. Remind us of who you are. Pray a protection and blessing over every family represented here tonight. In the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father, that you would be with us as you always have been in Jesus' name. Amen. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and just a reminder that they prayer now. Thank you.